Sound Design Live. Welcome to Sound Design Live. I'm Nathan Lively, and as I mentioned in the last episode, I recently completed a bunch of live webinar trainings, and from the 535 people that attended, I got a bunch of questions that people wanted to know about sound system tuning, and I have narrowed those down to about the top 110 that were the most common, and I've organized them into sections. So in the last episode, we talked about the why of sound system tuning, and today we're going to talk about preparation, how you can be more efficient, save time, and things like that. So question number six, Dennis wrote, how to save time in tuning a system? And Joel wrote, with limited quiet time, how do you triage tuning? Do you see what I did there, Dennis? I kind of answered your question with someone else's question. Okay, so what's triage? Triage is the assignment of degrees of urgency to wounds or illnesses to decide the order of treatment of a large number of patients or casualties. And it's a great word to describe our work because in the rooms that we work in, the sound system, our patient, is suffering from many wounds, right? All over the place, bleeding all over the floor. So some of them are life-threatening and some of them are not. Live sound is this kind of war zone, and we have to figure out which of our patient's wounds to heal first to keep it alive. And of course, we have a limited amount of time because the show will start whether we've healed all the wounds or not. So the way you save time in sound system tuning is by picking the biggest problems and attacking those first. And I don't know what those are in your room specifically, but I can give you a tip that they most often lie with speaker position, and aim. Okay, question number seven from Michael. What are ways to make tuning more efficient or faster in a limited time frame? So Michael, my best time-saving tip is to plan your microphone positions ahead of time. So if you can get the venue and system layout the night before, go through and mark all of your microphone positions with names, you know, on axe A, crossover AB, vertical top, B, etc., things like that, and include what you want to do in each of those positions. So setting level, delay, EQ, etc. If I don't do this important preparation step, it's almost guaranteed that I'll take the right measurement in the wrong position or vice versa and have to go back and do it again. Or worse, I won't realize it until the show started. So another idea, if you have the resources, is to use multiple microphones. That will speed things up. Personally, I'm saving my money to get a multiple wireless microphone measurement rig. I got turned on to the um, Line 6 XDV75 and TX3 microphone from Mel Labs by one of my students, which seems like a good combo. One other idea for you, Michael, if you can do some of the verification steps like polarity check ahead of time at the shop, that'll also save you time. All right, question number eight is from Jonathan. What's the biggest bang for the buck in terms of tuning with limited amount of time? So Jonathan, this is really hard to answer because as I mentioned in question seven, I can't do triage on a hypothetical patient without knowing anything about it. But I do want to give you some place to start. So if I only had 60 seconds, uh, there's really not much time to do anything. So I just verify all the speakers were working and if sound was arriving at the correct outputs. If I had five minutes, I might put up my measurement microphone in front of house play pink noise, and at least get a visual image of what I'm hearing in the room. It might not be enough time to make any adjustments, but at least I can start planning for what I can do during the show. If I have 15 minutes, 
I would set level and EQ for my main speakers or arrays. They cover the largest portion of the audience, so they win by majority. And then if I had time after that, I would phase align the subs to the mains. And then if I had the glorious luxury of 30 minutes, I'd start matching my subsystems to the main system in terms of delay, EQ, and level to bring the whole thing together. With every next step, I'm looking at my sound system tuning roadmap and thinking, okay, what's the next most important step I can take here to improve the situation for the best show possible? And of course, these are all under ideal conditions where the system is already operational and I can just start optimizing. But half the time, you know, some technical problem is going to pop up and I'll have to be taken care of because if the system doesn't play, none of this stuff really matters. All right, number nine. Number nine, number nine, Lou asked, <laughs> how do I get consistent results on any sound system? So Lou, I have a special deal for you. Just put a crisp $100 bill in an envelope and send it to Nathan Lively, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and I guarantee that you will get consistent results from this day forward. Just kidding, Lou. Of course, when you get really good at using all of the tools you have available to you, your ears, eyes, audio analyzer, etc., you can better predict the most important factors that will influence your consistency. And I wish I could tell you that if you match tonight's frequency response with last night's frequency response, that it'll sound exactly the same, but that would be a lie. There are other factors like room reflections that may actually require you to use a different target frequency response to achieve a consistent result. So the only way I know to guarantee consistent results is to give everyone headphones and make sure all of your instruments go direct. But there is hope. I think that if you not only train yourself to correlate what you see on the audio analyzer with what you hear in the room, but are also diligent about taking notes every day on what you learn then reviewing those notes on a regular basis, your results will continue to improve and become more and more consistent. All right, question number 10 comes from Carol, who says, I'm seeking to increase confidence when dealing with unfamiliar systems and unfamiliar venues. Aren't we all, right? So Carol, I have to admit to you that I still get nervous before every gig. There's a little voice in my head that says, you're an imposter, you have no idea what you're doing. So the downside is that there is some stress related to each event that I work on. But the upside is that that red flag that comes up motivates me to prepare better. So I find out as much as I can about the equipment, room, and production I'll be working on ahead of time. I actually have a needs assessment checklist that I go through to make sure that I haven't forgotten anything. And of course, this might not work out at all. It's fairly common that I either won't be able to find anything out or all of the information I got turned out to be wrong and changed at the last minute. But I still feel more confident knowing that I did everything I could to prepare myself. And I know this all may sound kind of obvious, but I can't tell you the number of times that I've arrived on site and been the only one who bothered to look up the you know coverage angle and power rating for the speakers we're using. Question number 11 comes from Sun. Sun says, is there a difference between tuning line array and non-line array speakers? So Sun, there's nothing special about putting speakers in a line or not, but I'm guessing that you're asking about working with constant beam width versus proportional beam width speakers, the modern line array element. And the main difference that comes to mind is that with proportional beam width speakers in a coupled array, you create the shape that you want with splay angles between elements, 
But that really only affects the high end, right? The low end doesn't really care if you adjust the splay angles at all. It simply plays out of the midpoint of the array. Tapering the amplitude won't help you like it will with constant beam width speakers. The only way to get around this is with all pass filters to help you slightly steer the low end upwards, which is beyond me. I'm still trying to master the basics. All right, question 11 is from Kyle. What are the first parameters to sacrifice in unideal conditions? Should I ignore phasing, time delay? So Kyle, you've got it right, but exactly backwards. The first parameters you should look at are polarity, level, and time. So if we have to sacrifice someone, I say we sacrifice EQ. Sound design. Yeah. 